chance to meet you just yet. My name is Jared. I get the privilege of pastoring these rowdy uh, college and young adult students here at City Hope Church. And on behalf of us, we just want to let you know how much we love you. We're honored that you chose to be here. You belong here. This is a place that I believe you can feel safe. And um, also, I'm just excited because after that worship set, I know, I know God is getting ready to move. Amen. Come on. When he hit that guitar part, I was, I was like, man, I don't know how to play that, but it's nasty, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, let's go ahead and jump in tonight. We're starting a brand new series uh, entitled uh, Dream Killers. I said series, I really meant collection of talks. Um, but we're starting it, and it's new, and it's called Dream Killers. We're talking about, here's the thing. We have a generation that doesn't have a shortage of dreams, but we are talking to a generation that has a shortage of dreams that actually happen, okay? We're not talking to a generation uh, that, that has a shortage of dreams that like come to our mind. We're like, ooh, I want to be this when I grow up, or ooh, I want to do this, or oh, I want to accomplish this or that. But we are talking to a generation of people that oftentimes see these dreams fall dead before they ever come true. So tonight, starting tonight, but also continuing for a, a few weeks, we're going to be talking about the things that kill dreams the fastest, and we're going to be using the story of Joseph. Here's why. Joseph is the ultimate dream go-getter in the Word of God. If you don't know who he is, you're going to find out about him because he's bad. Like, Joseph is that dude when it comes to dreams. Not only does he, has dream, does he have dreams, he sees uh, the things that God puts in his heart come true. So this is going to be good. I believe God's going to speak. Um, and I'm just excited. Can you guys put me like a 25-minute a, a clock instead of the 58-minute? Because if I go an hour, somebody's going to leave. Amen. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's jump in. We're going to start with Joseph's story from the very beginning. Uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 37. If you've got your Bible with you, not your paper, I mean, not your, your phone. I'm talking about your actual Bible. I want you to hold it up. Hold your paper Bible out, the one you can mark in and highlight, and it's cool and leather and stuff. And say, I hold it back up. I didn't tell you to put it down. Say, I got with me the key. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, let's jump in. Genesis chapter 37. We're going to start in verse 2. Uh, it says this. Joseph, we're talking about Joseph. Again, this was a guy in the early part of the, the, the book of Genesis, who, or in the later part of the book of Genesis, who really is going to encompass a lot of what we're talking about tonight and throughout this series, we're going to be following his story. So it says, Joseph, when he, when 17 years of age, was pastoring the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha. I'm so sorry that somebody named them that. I don't get it. Um, Zilpha, that's terrible. Uh, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back, check this out, and Joseph brought back a bad report about all of them to his father. Now I want you to repeat after me. Say, snitches get stitches. Okay, let's keep going. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a, a, a very colored tunic, a multicolored tunic. Anybody seen the, the Broadway play, Joseph and the Multicolored? Okay, never mind. Okay. Uh, um, he, uh, his brothers saw that his father loved him more than all the other brothers. So they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Anybody, anybody in here ever experienced a little, a little hater uh, love from some people that don't like the way that they're living? Huh? 
You ever, you ever experience somebody that, that's not really okay with how you're not going out anymore or, or, or changing your relationships? You got, anybody got a, got a couple haters? Got a couple haters? Okay. Joseph had a, fr- a few, and they were his brothers. So tonight, if you're taking notes, tonight if you're taking notes, I want you to write this title down really quick. It's, it's just simple. Identity. Identity. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We thank you uh, for all that you've done, and we pray that you begin working on hearts uh, tonight to move in the way that you want to move. God, I pray uh, if it's a volunteer, if it's a, an adult, if it's a student, I don't care who it is. If it's the sound guy that needs to hear it, I pray, God, that your word moves and it doesn't return void. God, you are in control. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Father. I love you, I love you, and I love you. And everybody said, amen, amen. Okay, so um, I'm just going to be real. Uh, I, I, I love my wife. She's incredible. Um, and we've been married for about two years in April, okay? So it's been a wild ride. I've enjoyed it. I just posted about her today on Instagram. She's wonderful. She looked good in that tight-brimmed hat. It was just awesome. She's, just, she's incredible. Um, the thing about my wife, though, is she has blonde hair. Um, and that's not like a big deal, except all of my friends' wives have blonde hair, okay? Um, well, most of them at least. Uh, the white ones, uh, but but so one of my really good friends, he's also on staff here at the church. Uh, his wife has blonde hair, and um, people aren't really good with faces as they are with hair. So everybody thinks that we're married, right? So um, everybody asks me, "How's my wife doing?" And they point at at his wife, and I'm like, "That ain't my wife, okay?" <laughs> you know. Um, but they always call my wife his wife's name. So it's kind of weird. Um, you know, so they're, they're like, hey, hey, Paige, how's Jared doing? They're like, whoa, whoa, time out. And Jared's married to Haley. But they always get this mixed up. They don't actually look alike. They just have blonde hair. And, you know, black folks, we, I love y'all. Y'all love me. We are together. We are family. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But we always be talking about people that say uh, all black folks look the same. Um, I just want to call out everybody else that think all white chicks with blonde hair look the same, okay? Right? Can I get an amen? Okay? Somebody's like, I've been mistaken for everybody. <laughs> no. But it's true. Like, uh, we, it's no, we can't go anywhere at City Hope without somebody mistaking her for some other white chick with blonde hair. Um, and then one day I made this mistake, and it almost cost me dearly. Okay? And it wasn't with Paige. It was somebody else. Okay? So one of my other friends has a blonde wife, and for some reason, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be, like, racist. I'm just saying that her and my wife have a similar head shape, okay? That's all. And from, like, if you look at their ba- the back of their head, they really do look alike, okay? And at the time, my wife had gotten, she had to educate me, a long bob. Um, and this other chick had a long bob, too. So I was like, all right, man, you know what I'm saying? Okay, what are you trying to do? Uh, but we were at this uh, annual event that we have with our friends called Friendsgiving. Anybody have a little Friendsgiving, okay? Friendsgivings are incredible. You get to eat, be fat, and my dog goes crazy. He's wild. He's just, he's insane. Uh, but we were at Friendsgiving uh, last year, and what happened was his, his wife was kind of talking, and she was faced this way, and whatever, whatever, and I straight up thought that that was my wife. So I walk over, hand about to go on the lower waist, you know what I'm saying? Lips primed and ready for a quick kiss on the cheek. And y'all, I walk up like I know what I'm doing. I'm like, pow, sound, pow, 
what's up? And then I get right there. Like, it almost looked like that. I was like, boom, stop. And then she turned to the right, and I went, boom. What's up? What's good? Man, that dress didn't look good, you know what I'm saying? But I was almost the casualty of a case of mistaken identity. Because how many of you guys know that it, I couldn't claim accident if I kissed somebody else's wife on the cheek? <laughs> like, there's no way you get out of that one. You just take that one. You're like, you, you know what? I, I deserve it. Okay. But I was almost the casualty of a case of mistaken identity. Anybody ever gotten their card stolen before? Anybody ever gotten, like, funds stolen out of their account? They don't know how. Has anybody ever been the uh, unfortunate victim of stolen identity? Anybody in here? That's terrible. Okay, that's the worst. This guy's like, yeah, that's me. He's still chewing his gum. <laughs> but it's really an inconvenient problem to have, but especially in our world nowadays, man, mistaken identity can really cost you a lot. It almost cost me my marriage. But it can really cost you a lot. But tonight I want to talk about what can happen when you don't understand your spiritual identity. When we're, when we're talking about dreams and we're talking about this idea of, of what kills dreams the fastest, I want to talk about this idea that if you don't really have your identity set and solid, what that can do to the dreams that God has put in your heart. Because here's what I know. If you're anywhere from 18 to 28 and, and older, okay, if anybody is older in here, I'm not, I'm not trying to exclude you, okay. But I'm saying, as you, especially when you're young and in your 20s, man, you, you have so many dreams. You have so many things you want to do. And if you're a believer, there, there are also things that you want to do for the kingdom. So it's not just like only selfish dreams, but it's also like, man, I want to reach people in my school. I want to see people in my class get saved. I want to, I want to go to the gym, get gains, and give them Jesus. Like, I'm trying to do some things with my life right now, okay? I got dreams. I have dreams. But the truth is, unless you can clearly understand your identity and who God has called you to be, you'll never reach the dreams that he's put in your heart. If you don't understand the identity that God has called and developed you with, you'll never clearly understand the purpose and the plan and the destiny that he's placed over your life. And see, Joseph, he understood this. He understood that even at an early age, he had to be clear about his identity. He made some, some really solid decisions early on in his life that showed that he understood what could kill dreams faster than anything. Let's go back and look at the text. In chapter, I mean, in chapter 37, if we look back in verse, uh, let's go to verse, let's go to verse 2. At the end of verse 2, it says that Joseph brought back a bad report about them to his father. He brought back a bad report about them to his father. Now, when most people read that, they go, oh, so Joseph was a snitch. What else do we need to read? You know, like... But the truth is, that's not exactly what we're reading here because I don't think that there's a biblical principle called snitches get stitches. Um, but at the same time, why is it that the Bible put that Joseph went and told on his older brothers? Anybody have younger siblings in the house? Don't raise your hand too high. I was the younger sibling. Anybody's younger sibling told on them for everything, like literally everything? And even the stuff they didn't tattle on, you still got in trouble. You know what I'm talking about? Some people are reliving their childhood tonight, okay? But, but the Bible puts this uh, 
in here for a specific reason. See, something that you have to know about this uh, uh, point in time, this is ancient, ancient history. The, the truth is, right now we have family businesses where you, you have your dad or your grandpa started the company, but back then, family was business, okay? Your family was your business. That was how you earned your money. You, you kept your own livestock. You did all these things. So, so what Joseph understood from a young age was that family was business. And see, the way the world worked back then is that the older brother was the heir to everything. The older brother was the heir to everything. I'm so glad things have changed, amen. But the older brother, he, he, had, he had rights to everything happening when, when dad was gone. But Joseph, even knowing that, he's 17, he has, enough, uh, uh, he has enough sense to know that one day my older brothers are going to be in charge. But see, what Joseph knew was that just because they're going to be in charge doesn't mean I'm going to make bad decisions when it comes to who I am. Because what did he do? He brought back a bad report. But it was the truth. He told the truth about what was going on. See, Joseph understood from an early age that it was his goal in life to know who he was, and to know where his loyalties lie. It wasn't to his brothers, it was to the family. Maybe one day they will get older and they will take over, but right now my loyalty is to my father and to righteousness. I'm going to make, I'm gonna make a tough decision. I'm not trying to schmooze up to my brother and one day get a good seat at the table. Joseph's like, no, 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 I know who I am. i got to make decisions that, that don't just make sense for my future, but make sense for my now. See, the thing about Joseph is he understood from, a, from the age of, the ripe age of 17 that if you're, if you're going to understand this thing called identity and if you're going to see the dreams that God has put in your heart come to pass, you have to have vision. You have to have vision. But what's going to kill your dream, especially when it comes to identity, faster than almost anything, is if you allow decisions in your life, particularly the things that other people think about you, Change your vision. That's my first point tonight. You can't allow, you can't allow other people or other circumstances to change your vision. See, even, even though Joseph knew that his brothers would one day come uh, uh, to be the head of the family, he said, right now, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to make a decision in my present to not look out for my future, but to make a right decision. Have you ever, have you ever seen something at a distance but, but you had something close to your face, like right up on your face. But you focused on the thing in your distance, and then the thing right in front of you got blurry. Have you ever done that? I don't know why I'm weird. I just do that. I'm like, okay, check this out. Or have you ever had a camera that can focus on something really, really close, and you try to be artsy so, like, the background is blurry? You know what I'm talking about? Like, this is a hipster Instagram pic. I'm going to focus on what's right in front of me. Everything else is blurry. Or I'm going to switch the focus, and now I can see everything back there. But what's in front of me is blurry. It's the leaves, right? Have you ever done that? The truth is, that's a lot like how we see a dream. See, when, when, when I say dream, most people think the future. Most people think in, in 10 years, in 20 years, once my company has started, once I'm a doctor, once I'm a lawyer, once I'm a big shot engineer, once I'm a, a, a huge pastor, once I'm this, once I'm that, my dreams will have come true. What they don't understand is that dreams are so much about now. Dreams are just as much about now as they are about your future. Joseph understood that. He understood that the decisions he made in his present had a profound impact on where he was going. If you can catch that tonight, 
If you can shape your identity, not around who you're going to be, but who you are, I believe that God can keep your vision solid and make you understand and know that who you are is so much more important than who you're going to be. The second thing that Joseph understood pretty clearly is that unless he could, uh, unless he could understand and, and kind of wrap his head around this idea of, of, of vision and being clear about who he was in the now, he'd never understand timing. See, check this out. Joseph knew that his dream wasn't supposed to happen tomorrow or the next day or even a week from then. Joseph understood that the decisions in, that you make in your now have a profound impact on the timing. But young people these days, they think that if you throw up an Instagram page, like next week you should be like at 200,000 followers and $6 million. It's like, I'm ready to do this. Boom, let's go. But Joseph understood something. He understood timing. He knew that if he could get his vision about his identity to be correct, God would orchestrate what's happening. See, he didn't try to, he didn't try to make things happen in the now. He knew, i got to make decisions that look like God if I'm ever going to see my dreams come to pass. The second, thing, the second thing that Joseph was aware of, he knew that, that if he misunderstood his identity, it would be able to change his position. If he misunderstood his identity, it'd be able to change his position. Has anybody heard, especially like business people that don't really know what they're talking about, but we do this all the time. We say location, location, location. Have you ever heard anybody say that? They're like, okay, it's all about the right place at the right time, right? It's all about the right place and the right time. Well, if, if knowing your vision is about understanding timing, if that's the right time, then understanding your position is how you understand the right place. See, if you go back and look at the text, it says that Joseph was out there in the flock while he was still a youth alongside the sons of his father's wives. He was pasturing a flock. He was pasturing a flock. Something you have to know about David, I mean about Joseph, was that this, that that coat that he received from his father wasn't the first time dad had let everybody know who the favorite was, okay? Any favorite children in here? Anybody know they were the favorite and it, it was obvious? Put your hands down. That's terrible. Can't believe you. But I promise you, if he was seven years old, that, that good-looking jacket, that St. Laurent leather jacket that his daddy gave him, that wasn't the first time dad had showed everybody who the favorite was. I promise you. His brothers knew. They knew who the favorite was. Oh, he's the youngest. He gets everything. He's spoiled rotten. But guess what? Joseph didn't allow this favor that God had placed on his life and that his father had placed on his life to change where he started from. He was at the bottom like everybody else, cleaning up uh, sheep poop and pasturing the flocks and doing his thing. Joseph was out there in the flock pasturing these, these sheep. It was Here's the thing. Being a shepherd is, is a dirty business. It's a dirty business. He had to understand that right where he was, right where he was, even though he was at the bottom, God was still doing something in his heart, doing something in his life. He didn't allow the favor that God has placed on his life or even the favor that his dad had placed on his life to get him to, to, to discover this entitled 
thought of, man, I, sh- I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Man, I-, I shouldn't be a shepherd anymore. I need to be at like my dad's right hand, handling the money. I need a job, I need a job with a lot less dirt, a lot less outside hours. Trying to get in the tent with pops, you know what I'm saying? That's not what happened. Joseph clearly understood that in this moment, God wanted him to start at the beginning. There's no way to skip steps if you want to see your dream come true. Young people, listen to me. If God has placed a dream in your heart, you don't give it up when it doesn't happen today. If God has placed a dream in your heart to change this world, you don't give it up because you have to start as a shepherd. And Joseph understood this. There was no entitlement here. But that's what they say about millennials all the time, man. Y'all are entitled. If I hear one more anybody go, here's the thing about your generation, you know. I'm sick and tired of that. How do you know about my generation? You're not even here. You know, like, you, you barely know how to use an iPhone. Don't talk, talk to me about, well, my generation, the millennials, you know, okay. <laughs> Everybody in here laugh because you know what I'm talking about. They want to give us all these statistics. It's like, read statistics about your own generation. Y'all suck too, right? But now I'm talking to us. Listen, listen. Things come easy for us, right? Google's easy. We can find out anything we need to know right there, boom. Knowledge is happening. Travel is happening. Cultures are are mixing. We're, We're doing things that nobody's ever done. But don't let that get you to start chasing a different position. Joseph didn't chase a higher position. He was confident, and he knew that right where he was was exactly where God wanted him. He didn't chase a position. He wasn't trying to change his position because here's the thing that Joseph understood. He understood that if you're chasing a position, you're always going to be running to where you want to be instead of where God has you. Listen to me, young people. If you always chase, if it's always about a position, you're going to be running to where you want to be instead of staying put with where God had you. I'll make it make sense. Anybody have an iPhone 4 in here? Raise your hand. I need it. I need it really quick. Okay, anybody have an iPhone 5 in here? Raise your hand if you got an iPhone 5. Raise it. Come here. I need you to come here. Run. Everybody make some noise for Abigail. Make some noise. Come here. Come here. Hurry, hurry. I'm not going to embarrass you. I love the iPhone 5. Come here. I need you on stage. Come on. Come on. Stand up here. Come on. All right, here we go. This is your iPhone 5. All right, check this out. I'm going to put it right here on P1, okay? Okay, okay. That's a new shiny position as a lead designer somewhere, even though you don't know how to do design just yet, okay? That's a lead salesman position, even though you've never been a salesman before, okay? Okay, so that's the shiny position. Now, I'm going to act as God for a second, okay? I put you right here. Boom. I want you to stand right there because I got something for you, right? Boom. And you're solid right now. Oh, life is good. I'm, I'm, I'm right where I am. I'm being solid. I'm hearing God's voice. I'm doing my devotion and everything is so good, right? But then, Abigail sees this shiny new toy. Oh, that's a higher position. That's something else I want. Oh, my gosh. I'm skipping like eight steps to get there. I'm going to be the youngest, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be doing big things. Everybody's going to know about me. That's a, a, a couple of more 100,000 followers on Instagram. I want that. Boom. My dream is about to happen like today. I'm ready to do it. And go get it. Go get it. And then God comes back and he says, where did she go? Where did she go? 
Here's the thing about chasing position. When you chase a position, you go after something accessible, but miss the gift of something so much more powerful. When you chase a position, young people, you go after something accessible, it's right there. I can take it with me anywhere. Oh, perfect. I got a new phone. It can help me out with blah, blah, blah. This is the, this is the next best thing. I don't see a, an iPhone 10 around. This will work. But you miss out on what the power of God can do in your life. Everybody give her a hand. Thank you so much. She killed that. So what you need to understand tonight is that if you mistake what identity really means, it's going to change your vision. And you're going to look at the future instead of look at the, looking at the now. You're going to be trying to play uh, uh, the, long, the, the short game instead of playing the long game. You're going to try to run a sprint when it's really a marathon. And the other thing that misunderstanding your identity is going to do it's going to cause you to chase position instead of staying put in purpose. But here's the beauty of all of this. Joseph makes the right decision, and what happens? He, makes the, he, he stays in the flock. He's honest about his decisions. He knows who he is, and what happens? His dad says, at the end of the, the story we just read, it says he puts a cloak on him. A good-looking cloak, a nice jacket to wear in the field. See, throughout the entire Bible, clothes and jewelry are types and shadows of identity. See, see, Joseph's dad was mimicking his heavenly father by giving him an identity. See, most of us, we want to look inside our confused hearts and messed up souls and confused minds to find out who we are. When you hear identity, that's what people are. I'm, I'm just searching to find who I am. I'm just searching to find who I am. But when they do that, they don't have anything to hold on to, so their vision gets changed and their position gets moved. But tonight, if you want to genuinely understand what it means to have your identity set on Christ, you need to know that identity has never been a question about who you are. It's always been a question about whose you are. It's never been a question about who you are. People think that, though. They think I got I to gotta run around and figure out who I am. I got to try this. I got to try that. I got to do this. I got to hang out with these people. I got to do all this stuff because I want to know who I am. I want to know who God's called me to be. Well, listen. Identity has never been about what you like or what you want to do or your interests. It's about whose team you're on. When you know what you stand for, your identity is set in Christ. That's why most people get confused about identity. They think, they, they think identity is personality. No, no, no. Identity has nothing to do with personality. Identity is what set of beliefs are you holding on to? Because when you know what you believe, guess what? You already have who you are. Because you're not going to make a decision that's not consistent with what you believe. It's not about a personality type. It's not about whether or not you're an artist or not. 
Don't nobody care. You know what it's about? What do you believe? When it's time to make a tough decision that looks like righteousness, what do you do? When it's time to be real and not do something shady to skip a couple steps, how do you respond? Does three-fourths of your life look like Jesus except that one part of your life that you have with your boyfriend? That's not identity. That's fraud. See, identity has never been about who you are. Because guess what? You're here for 80 to 100 years tops. Who you are doesn't really matter that much. If life was finding out about who you are, it's over pretty quick. Whose you are lasts forever. You really want to find your dreams and do the things that God has called you to do? Stop trying to find who you are. And start being confident in whose you are. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we love you so much, and we know that there's some people in this room, God, that need that. They're searching. This part of their life is, this part of their life is, is riddled with mistake after mistake of trying to search for something that's good. Trying to search for something that feels real. When the truth is, the only thing is real is staring at them right in the face, and that's Jesus Christ. And when they find that foundation that's concrete, everything in their life is going to change. So I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are with your whole relationship with God. I don't even know if you really believe in God. And that's okay. I want to ask you a couple of questions that will maybe help you make a step. Because that's what this is about. This isn't about getting there tonight. None of us are going to get there tonight. But tonight can be a step. So if you're in here and you never made a, a decision to follow Jesus, not for real at least. Yeah, you said it a couple times. You raised your hand once or twice. But you've never genuinely made a first-time decision to follow Jesus and saw your life completely changed. But you're ready to do that tonight. If that's you, I just want you to very quickly just slip your hand up so we can see it. Listen, if you're here tonight, and maybe you are following Jesus, but you know that you've had a serious case of mistaken identity, and tonight needs to be your opportunity to find out and know and believe whose you are and stop trying to find out who you are. This is your opportunity to stay put in purpose instead of ch chasing a position if you're ready to make that decision and you need to make some changes in your life, very boldly, I just want you to raise your hand right now. If that's you. Amen, I see you. I see you. Listen, I just want you to repeat after me. This prayer does nothing spiritually insane besides mark the incredible decision that you're making tonight. But here's the next step. If you're really for real about what you just said and you raising your hand, our prayer team is going to be here after worship. Come and tell them about the decision that you just made. But repeat after me. Say, Jesus, 
know I messed up. I know my sin hurts you. But I'm ready to turn around. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And when you rose, you rose with all power. Come into my life. Lead me. Tell me whose I am. Can we just stand on our feet and make some noise for the first-time decisions that were made in the place tonight? Come on, can we be excited? Somebody made a decision to follow Jesus for the very first time, amen? So look, we're going to worship tonight. I'm going to turn it over to these guys. But I hope you know that this decision that you just made, to know whose you are, can dramatically change everything, amen? One more time, can we just give it up for what God did in this place? Come on.